0: Hey, everyone. Big news show again today. All our interviews just getting pushed to the end of the week because (laughs) the news just keeps on coming. Uh, First, Jason chimes in with a little update on what happened with All In Podcast and why it appeared that there were ads on top of that feed. Uh, It is apparently a little bit of a hijacking situation, so Mm. we'll explain all the mechanics of that. Uh, He thanks the community for helping to solve the issue.
1: And Google released their Q4 our results, and the full earnings for 2021. It's absolutely bonkers. It's absolutely nuts. And Molly and I debate, is this actually the best business ever? And we we deep dive and double click on the search revenue, the YouTube revenue. And uh, of course, uh, we're going to talk about what we teased yesterday, which is I'm going to tell the story of the great iPad troll of 2010. Uh, Molly remembers it uh, for when she was covering gadgets as well. It's going to be a great show. Stick with us.
2: This Week in Startups is brought to you by Vanta. Compliance and security shouldn't be a deal breaker for startups to win new business. Vanta makes it easy for companies to get a SOC 2 report fast. Twist listeners can get $1,000 off for a limited time at vanta.com/slash twist. 8. Sleep. Good sleep is the ultimate game changer. Now you can add the Pod Pro cover to any mattress. Go to 8sleep.com/slash twist to check out the Pod Pro cover and get $150 off at checkout. And gun.io, the simplest way for anyone to hire world-class developers, expertly vetted for you by senior engineers. Get $250 off your first hire at gun.io/slash twist.
1: All right, everybody. In our first story today, just a little internal housekeeping. A bunch of you started DMing me that, hey, what's the story with All In having ads? As some of you know, All In famously, because Chamath Bandit has no ads. And the reason you're hearing me flustered right now is that that would have been $8 million in ads a year for that show, maybe five, six, seven, eight, of which I would have gotten 25%. <laughs> and now I'm not saying I wow. need a million dollars a year. But I'm not saying I would have turned it down either. And inside baseball, Molly, I said to the team, hey, let me sell three ads. I'll read them. Mm -hmm. No work for you. Mm -hmm. And you know what the dictator said to me? Still no. He said, we don't need the money.
0: You know, if he ever bows out and you need someone to come in and take that million dollars a year, (laughs) I just want to know I care for you. Yes. And I'm here for you. I care about you too, Molly.
1: And I care about (laughs) a million dollars. I was like, he's like, and Chabot's like, we do we need the money and Sachs like we don't need the money <laughs> and then me and freeberg were like and you're like uh <laughs> so like the two guys with jets were like we don't need the money and then right. the two guys who are flying commercial were like ah and
0: mm. you know look we all know need is relative but still <sighs> so. i
1: was like million dollars six thousand dollars an hour for a private jet sweet
0: card taxes it's very hundred hours on a You know i'm your mom it's so dangerous but that's why it was such a shock to get these tweets that were like, hey, you guys yes. take ads now? And Jason's like, buh, 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 buh. What, what, what? So I'm not closer anyway. to my private jet. So, no. Exactly. I don't know. I'm like, <laughs> literally like booking my JetBlue Mint. Although I have to say, Mint is, I don't know if you've yeah. taken JetBlue Mint. Oh, don't do not do private jets. So dangerous. So dangerous. Uh, I was just reading yeah, about it. I was like, please
1: keep the moneymaker going. Do not die, Jake Cal. No skiing over 40 miles an hour, no private jets. I literally
0: am such a mom. I don't know when I turned into my actual grandma Pat right now, but I'm like, I hope you're being safe out there. Private jets are super dangerous. I just read about Payne Stewart and that horrible plane crash in 1999. Anyway, I'm sorry. Please continue. Well, Payne
1: Stewart, they all fell asleep on the plane, right? They they lost oxygen and it just flew for three hours? They all turned into
0: popsicles because they lost oxygen. Then the plane just flew around until it crashed in South Dakota. (gasps) Yeah. So. Anyway. That does not happen.
1: on. private jets are actually safer than if they're like the certain class I'm talking about. Helicopters are the ones I will not get on. Yeah, I no. took two helicopter flights in my life. Once I was on the Sony private one, when I was in it, I flew on the Sony private helicopter. And then another time when I was in Kauai on my honeymoon, we did like a no door, you know, crazy. See the Napali, Nap- is it Nepali coast? Napoli, yeah. Nepali coast with no doors. And the guy is literally, I-, I-, I kid you not. I'm not saying he looked like a Vietnam vet, He was a Vietnam vet because (laughs) he told me and he was wearing just a leather vest, Molly. Nothing underneath it. Hmm. And the side of his helicopter, this is when I knew I had made a mistake. I feel like I'm going to die. The side of his helicopter has like an insignia that is also the same as on his vest, which has multiple insignias. And it has a skull with a sword through it and a snake coming out of the eye. I know this because I was kind of like, what's that? Why why is there a? sword going through the skull's brain and the snake coming out of its eyes. Oh, yeah, you know, when we were in we all had these things, we would draw them. There are no doors. And we put the seatbelts on and it's frayed. The seatbelts are kind of frayed. Mm-hmm. And we get up, there were the only two people in the thing. And he's like mm-hmm. showing my wife, the Nepali coast. He's like, oh, Jay Cal, let me show you. And he then, you know, tilts the helicopter like this and then just spins it around. And he's like, oh, Jay, you can take a look now too. And he's going back and forth. And we're, I feel myself, my wife, you know, uh, his weight is on me, she didn't weigh that much, but and I'm hanging out, looking at the pressure on the seatbelt and the 3,000 feet below me. I get back, somebody's like, Jake, by the way, huge mistake. This is the most dangerous thing you ever do. You know about all the crashes. I'm like, no, I looked at the safety record, this perfect safety record. I should look it up. He goes, oh, in Hawaii, these things crash so often, they just shut the company down. They start a new company and they have zero crashes. Oh my God. And all the pilots and planes that are left or helicopters that are left over move over to the next thing. So if you look up helicopter crashes in Kauai, it is bonkers the number of people who have crashed. Two of them crashed into each other one time. Because if you've ever been to like Honolulu Bay or these places, you can see the helicopters going by every half hour, you know, of people going up to
0: take these tours. Anyway, don't do it. Too dangerous. I've only been in a helicopter once, but I jumped out of it. Really? Yeah. (laughs) was that on assignment or (laughs) yeah it was for work it was for an episode of always on the show you did seen it where we were testing because you know remember that when the htc1 came out there was that commercial where they were like doing a photo shoot in midair it was like skydiving Uh, and my crazy friend sarah was like hey i know some guys from gopro who are on their stunt team no sarah harbin okay um legendary producer sarah harbin yeah she was like I know I'm friends with the guys who are on the GoPro stunt team, and I think it would be awesome if we just tried to recreate this. And so then we were like, let's recreate it where we compare the in-air performance of the HTC One and the iPhone. We did this like freaking bonkers skydiving trip, but then the GoPro, well, that was the GoPro influence is that those guys are so insane. They're like, yeah, we'll organize it all. Like we prefer to jump out of a helicopter because like the sensation of free fall is so intense, Hmm. which basically means like... (laughs) Because you just at a standstill and you leap into the air and then I almost threw up. But it was a cool video. I'll find it okay. on YouTube and send it to you guys. So
1: here's what happened with the all in feed back to Right. Back. Right. It Ads. turns out that uh people will take your feed and resubmit it. And I guess this was done with a company called Spreaker. And uh this guy explains it here if we blow it up. Um and uh I guess Some clever person republished our feed to something called Spreaker. I've never heard of it before, but I guess they're like an anchor competitor. I guess they don't have safeguards in place at Spreaker. Um, No criticism, but how dare you? (laughs) (laughs) And this guy explains it technically, but basically they they resubmitted the feed and uh, then inserted ads into it. And then I guess Google fell for it.
0: That's what's so amazing. Although evident, well, we'll get to that in a sec.
1: And uh, this guy explains the whole thing. And there's something happening with podcasting standards, which all these companies seem to want to break. But there is a standard for locking these. That's the one, yeah. So Libsyn, uh, which is like one of the OGs in this space, I guess has enabled locking recently. So we have to set our pods to lock them so that other people can't then after we put them out, do that. So anyway, it was like a pretty clever thing. And um, I, thank you to the audience who points these things out. But this is one of the problems that pe- people, you know, take other people's content and then put ads around it. So I hate this kind of like hijacking of stuff. There was some other pod clips kind of company that I had to send a cease and desist to. These uh, yeah. people were like, hey, we're promoting your show. And I was like, no, you, you're taking every episode of This Week in Startups, Tim Ferriss's podcast and mine you're programmatically or automating actually clipping it into 25 clips of four minutes each or whatever three minutes each putting a title on each one with some people in manila who are like obviously because you can tell it's this is not english as a first language like just bastardizing the whole thing mm-hmm. and then seoing them and beating us at seo and i contacted yep. them, and like why are you bullying a startup and i'm like
0: um that's what they say why bullying is
1: starting i say okay i get it like good not well played but did you ask our permission before taking everything he's like we're promoting to you and i'm like are you because there's no links back to us right and you did the whole show i was like how, how about you can do one clip per episode and you put with permission and you link back and like we don't have the screen real estate to do that and i was like okay now i know that you. okay well then just cease horrible. and also
0: desist yeah exactly
1: yeah. So literally they wouldn't take it down. I'm talking and you know, I was talking to other high profile podcasters and I was like, wait a second, isn't there something you can do? And it was like, Oh yeah, there's something called like a DMCA. And mm-hmm. I was like, wait a second. So I just was like, can somebody send a DMCA to who's their provider? And then somebody on my table was like, Oh, their provider is this person. And I was like, So just send a DMCA. We send the DMCA, oh suddenly all the clips get taken down.
0: Yeah. It's like but it didn't have to be that way, man.
1: Be fair. Fair use is being fair. So anyway, I mean, um
0: Yeah, totally.
1: I don't mind people taking I mean I don't know how you feel about this but when I'm always flattered if somebody takes one of our clips and edits it as long as they do it in good faith mm-hmm. like if they try to misconstrue something like they did with Chamath and they're like okay let's take two, 20 seconds of a 40 minute discussion with no context mm-hmm. maybe I'm not as cool with it but you know like people do some very creative stuff with our clips on uh, TikTok and
0: other places and oh, I don't know sure. how you I mean I think our biggest presence on TikTok right now is a fan account basically fan
1: accounts doing better than we're doing All right. Listen, when you're a founder, it's totally fun to trade war stories with other founders. And recently, Balloon CEO Amanda Greenberg, one of my awesome portfolio companies, told me how Vanta's SOC 2 solution helped her save an important deal in the final hours. I kid you not. Well, Balloon, they sell SaaS productivity and collaboration software. That's why I'm invested in it. And... They needed 10 documents in place within 48 hours in order to close a deal. Well, Vanta saved the day by supplying customizable templates and helping them through the process to close. So if you don't have your SOC 2 tight, you know you're not going to be able to close those major customers. That's why Vanta's compliance software makes it so easy to get and renew your SOC 2. They continually test against technical and non-technical SOC 2 requirements and a partner with over two dozen audit firms who have been trained to file SOC 2 reports directly within Vanta. On average, Vanta customers are SOC 2 compliant in just two to four weeks. Compare that to three to five months without Vanta. And guess what? Vanta's going to give you $1,000 off your SOC 2 just because you listened to This Week in Startups. So here's how you get the $1,000 off. You go to Vanta.com slash twist, vant
0: acom slash T-W-I-S-T That's Vanta.com slash twist for $1,000 off. Thanks, Vanta. What I was going to say is I just think there's become this very interesting lack of, there's like a culture of no credit now on the Mm -hmm. internet. When you look at like, you know, there are these incredibly, like, and I mean this with love. My son and I are obsessed with Daily Dose of Internet on YouTube, which is really just a guy who takes clips from other people, puts them in order, creates a very, you know, clever editing, creates a nice montage, but none of it. His original content. I mean, he's literally like, here's a cat that likes to get its fat belly scratched, and then you watch it, and then you laugh. And, okay, I mean, I'm looking like, at it now. It's delightful, and none of it is his own Daily content. Dose of internet, Thirteen million subscribers. I mean, and, this, guy, uh, this kid's like making yeah. bank, and he's great. I am not trying to call down, call an airstrike on this kid. Like he is fantastic, and he's probably making a ton of money. But just the idea of like, well, here's what I'll say: aggregating and and memes are fundamentally like lacking in IP. Like the whole conversation about IP and who memes, owns what is really to shifted. me.
1: Seem like no big deal because memes are. Uh, but uh, you're not you know, a
0: professional photographer either, who makes money off of a photo that gets okay, sure recreated um, ten thousand times and.
1: Yeah, if if it was a meme, and you took somebody's photo and then m- did a derivative work on it, and you mm-hmm. were not trying to commercialize it, and you weren't confusing the users, that would be fair use, right? And so the fair use test is kind of like four parts, and it's made so you have to interpret it so are the users confused are you impinging on the person's ability to do commerce in the world mm-hmm. are you creating a derivative work in, or doing some sort of commentary and so in the case of this daily dose i'm looking at it he links to all the sources in the description oh totally yeah which like, is, that's a good sign because he I probably sends some traffic
0: literally all i'm trying to say is i think that the overton window for taking content has shift, shifted enough that I think there probably is a sense from the people who are like taking those clips and monetizing them. They're just Mm -hmm. like, what? This is what you do now.
1: Yeah. And then here's the thing. The frequency at which daily dose of internet is doing it, if they're doing it every day Mm -hmm. and it's becoming a business and they're putting ads on it, that changes things. So if there were no ads on this and he was linking to them, it would feel kind of fair, but he would still be impeding on their ability to do commerce. Because if you saw that viral clip there, that person's ability to sell it through Storyful, which is a company, I think, that sells. Right. Viral clips would go down. So, if only ten thousand people saw his show every day or their show every day, I think you said it's a hate, um If they only, if only ten thousand people saw it, would you be like, okay, well, there's not that much damage, whatever. But if you're going to get ten million people to see it, and you're doing it every day, and it's monetized, he should be getting permission in advance.
0: I and, mean, and I, I mean, uh, but nobody on the inter- nobody on the internet is doing that now. That's what I'm saying. It's all, well, all like, the news it's channels the economy do because they get sued. of derivative works.
1: Yeah, but, uh, but if you were to if you were CNET to do it,
0: we would, get permission, exactly. ABC, it would, a would get permission. Exactly, We
1: would be Yeah. So everybody, you see this? Um, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but somebody like is like, "Oh my god, my plane crash landed," and right. then you look at their replies, and it's like, "Hi, I'm from CBS, you know, Arizona. Can we use this clip? DM me. Hey, I'm from this." And then there's one. Hi, I'm from Storyful. Would you like to monetize this clip? Please DM me. Mm-hmm. and so now there is like a little bit of a standard if you have the viral clip there's like a company that will get you a hundred bucks every time somebody uses it yeah but long, long story short uh be fair i guess is like the concept of fair use that i go by yeah and we use people's clips here but if you're doing commentary you're protected and it's the oh and also the percentage of the original work is another and issue give credit give credit Be fair and give credit Right, when we did Kara Swisher interviewing Lena Khan, we're like, oh, here's Kara Swisher and Andrew Sorkin, great get on CNBC, yeah. here's 60 Seconds, we'll see you on the other side. That is actually the definition of fair use. The audience isn't confused of where it came from. Yeah, And it's commentary. Commentary is protected. You don't need permission if you're doing commentary. So you could take the book of Boba Fett last night, which was absolutely amazing. Oh, I haven't watched it yet, don't tell me. I just There's only seven spoilers. It's literally the most <laughs> spoiler-filled episode ever. The number I know people of people were losing it on the internet last night. The I was number like close. Of cameos in last night's episode is greater than all cameos in Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett to date in three seasons or two point seven seasons. Oh my God! If you're a Clone Wars fan, did you watch Clone Wars by chance? Uh, some the of anime it. Yeah, i Yeah, some of it. Uh-huh. So I watched that with my daughters because they got into Star Wars right. and they love Ashoka. She's like the great female Jedi now, she's and she's like such an amazing character. It's like literally top three Jedi for me um and so spoiler uh, so
0: she's 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 back
1: well anyway she's been in the other she's been in the, yeah, series, she's but in just, the mandalorian she's in the mandalorian mm-hmm. and she may or may not make a cameo but anyway there's so many of these clone wars cameos in last night's episode that i literally was on twitter trending topics at 105 after i watched it clicking on every one of the cameos so this guy dave Filoni.
0: i don't know how you do it
1: man i was literally in bed at 902 yeah, I sleep six hours a night. It's like, I, when I get to seven, I'm just like waking up, looking at the ceiling. So I oh, get yeah, I no. get to bed at 1 a.m. Usually I get up at 8, 6.30 really? to 8 window. Usually listen to a podcast or something in bed, try to like rest my body. But so when I'm skiing now, I actually do get uh, an extra hour of sleep. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> super poopered.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm All like right. a. I'm a sleep achiever. Okay. Let's talk about let's Google. Let's go to our first God, story. We are just our all story. over the place You today. can leave all that in, by the way. I think We're it's so a good We're so excited discussion. to hang out is the thing. We're Basically. just excited to hang out. With
1: all of you, too. <laughs> oh, and by the way, Danny Sullivan is now working at Google. He came to my rescue and immediately explained what happened. And so did those people at Speaker or Spreaker or whatever the heck it's called. And everybody was like very nice about it.
0: And so thank you to everybody for helping figure out the mystery. Excellent. So yes, Google, as you can see, is so valuable to companies Mm -hmm. that it is worth stealing a little bit of content and uh, sneaking (laughs) some ads in because they're killing it. Google reported earnings yesterday. The results were banana pants, like just utterly bonkers. Uh, We will get into those utterly bonkers results in a minute. But the other news about Google is that they also announced a 20 to 1 stock split, causing their stock to shoot up around 8%. By midnight Wednesday. All right. Do we want some bullets here before we dig into analysis?
1: I think we need to know the, the numbers
0: and then we can I start really do. That. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Google grew revenue forty-one percent year over year from twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty-one to two hundred and fifty-seven. Forty-one oh, percent. Forty-one percent. This is not a hyper growth startup. This is Google that a lot of people were saying, "Oh, Google's their business is going to slow down. There's too much ad competition from Facebook." Like I remember a year or a year and a half ago, people saying that Google. Might be on more of a, you know, I don't know, yeah. growth stock trajectory, not a like 41% year no, over year. No, no, year. growth stock is like over 20, 30%, like a value stock. Meeting. I'm sorry, value like, stock trajectory. Like maybe yes. going
1: under 20% or right. under 10%, like Walmart or something. I don't know. Sorry,
0: yes. They would be yeah. like in blue chip territory, not in hyper growth yes. territory. Yes. So so that's when you insane. think
1: about this, like we'll be meeting with startups and you're like, hey, how much did you grow year over year? And they're like, oh, we grew 50%. It's like, oh. You were 500K last year and now you're 750,
0: like $1,000. This is 41%. 41%. You know, and the dollars, by the way, a quarter a of a trillion dollars in revenue in 2021.
1: $257 billion. Now, if they make a dollar a click, that's a lot of clicks. clicks. I 257 mean, billion clicks. <laughs> I, want to... I think they make less than a dollar a click overall. Good sleep is the ultimate game changer. And according to Eight Sleep, over 30% of Americans struggle with their sleep and temperature is one of the main reasons. And this is why when I got an Eight Sleep, all of a sudden I was getting better sleep and making better decisions and had better energy the next day because I could make it nice and crisp and cool. When it was a hot night out or if it was really cold out, I could make it nice and toasty warm. And Eight Sleep is offering a new product that's called the Pod Pro Cover. So if you've already got a mattress you're in love with, you don't need to throw it away. Now you can just buy the cover and still experience the magic of Eight Sleep. The Pod Pro cover is the most advanced solution on the market for thermoregulation. It pairs dynamic cooling and heating with biometric tracking so you can add the cover to any mattress and the temperature of the cover will adjust to each side of the bed based upon your sleep stages, your biometrics, and the bedroom temperature. And it reacts intelligently to create the optimal sleeping environment. The result? Well, Eight Sleep users fell asleep up to 32% Faster and it reduced sleep interruptions by up to 40%. And basically, you're going to get a restful sleep overall. And so, here's your call to action now you can add the Pod Pro cover to any mattress. Go to 8sleep.com/slash twist to check out the Pod Pro cover and save $150 off at
0: checkout. 8sleep.com/slash twist. I kind of want to skip ahead to where all that revenue is coming from. We're going to have to yeah. dig down in there Let's and break do it that. down Let's a little do that. bit. Let's go right
1: there. That's a good but editorial. There, yeah, oh. and
0: then we can come back to the back of the, back of the envelope math. But yeah, yeah. so. Crazy. We'll bow um, it later. By comparison, Walmart's last twelve months of revenue was five hundred and seventy billion dollars, or four percent of growth. All right, let's dig into where is our specific result. YouTube had another blowout quarter. So net income, German Google net. was seventy-six billion dollars up twenty twenty uh, in twenty twenty-one up ninety percent <laughs> year over year.
2: Wait, wait, standouts.
0: Wait, what was up ninety percent? Net income. Net income. Okay, got <laughs> it. Okay. Cash YouTube blowout quarter profits. Profits up ninety percent. Profits up ninety percent. <laughs> Who can say that? YouTube eight point six billion dollars of ad revenue in Q four. That is a cool nine hundred million dollars more than what Netflix did, and that is not even counting mm-hmm. YouTube Red or YouTube premium subscriptions. That's just plain old revenue growth. I Search. would love to know that number.
1: What is YouTube Red's? You know, YouTube premiums. Yeah. You know, do they, have, do they have a million? Do they have five million? Do they have ten? I pay for it.
0: Do you pay for it? Uh, no. We've been game changing debating you in our household whether we need to because I'm like I think we should pay for this, and my son, who sometimes is a 40 year old man, is like, I don't know if we watch it that they much. I have a
1: family plan, and like, uh, oh, okay, I'm paying for two different accounts, and I'm going to move to the family plan. I think and try to get that set up. Oh, but there it's it is. Uh, when you take the ads out, it changes the YouTube experience like i have youtube up all day because it does seem like a lot of the mainstream media people who said we're not going to put our content on there and build youtube have mm-hmm. now acquiesced so you know snl yep you can yeah. basically watch the, the entire episode on youtube and they were the ones who sued for remember lazy sunday
0: whatever and i think they sued somebody some me if i'm wrong or DMCA'd it at minimum yeah and then espn now
1: like every espn clip like i I never watch espn except for the five times a day they talk about the knicks and i watch those five clips yeah and they clip them now and then bill simmons i saw you know i listened to his podcast but now when he talks about a specific team and i dm'd him about i was like this is really great he's clipping so spotify's content is clipping their best moments and putting them onto youtube to seo them so I think something has changed where people are just throwing up the white flag and saying, we have to be on YouTube where we're not culturally re- relevant. Mm-hmm.
0: YouTube anyway, must have only. also figured out a rev share here. I mean, I think that, you know, for because it sort of stopped being a copyright conversation, thank God, and yeah. became a conversation about how does everybody make money? And I don't know if YouTube... 55%. Right. So they if they're giving them 55%, the yeah. they decided yeah. like, you know what? That's a nice little revenue stream. Turns out there's enough traffic. We'll do it.
1: I think what these like espns of the worlds or even new content like you know the ringer i think what they realized was we're not going to be culturally re- relevant the 55 percent is a nice you know little piece of change so we're going to have to be there and you know maybe not all of our content but we have to be there and i think mm-hmm. like this is the thing with um joe rogan uh back to joe rogan or rosalie <laughs> to joe rogan like he owned youtube and now i never see joe rogan mm-hmm. um so i don't understand what's going on there. It's the Spotify deals exclusive. Yeah, but Spotify is letting the ringer do stuff. So I don't know if Spotify
0: has a philosophy. Um, Nick in real time is literally correcting us in the. This is amazing. He Nick, puts you some content beast. on there. Real, not all, Rogan all of it, Still though. puts content on YouTube, but maybe not. All, maybe it's like his Instagram. His episodes do. The, really? Oh, Does I thought it was a, I thought the Spotify deal was exclusive. I don't think he puts the whole show up. That that was like their whole deal.
1: Somebody fact checked us, but I'm um, looking at the. Oh, Also, the JRE clips, if you go, there was this, uh, this is the official Joe Rogan experience clips channel, which is youtube.com slash JRE clips. We started doing one of these and I'm looking at the videos and by uploads, he has not done one in a year. Yeah. So he's no, he's no No, longer
0: doing JRE clips. That's the whole deal with the Spotify deals, which not to reopen that conversation makes it so different from any other platform conversation is that it's exclusive, but also that like In a lot of ways, it's reducing. There was that big story about Gimlet and how what they were finding is that their traffic was just like subscriptions are way down. Traffic overall is down because exclusives. I mean, this really relates to this YouTube conversation at all overall. Right. Exclusivity reduces audience. And so ESPN and Saturday Night Live was like all of these smarter media companies who were like, oh, crap, literally everyone is on YouTube. Realized that trying to keep it this like weird little closed garden was just gonna mean fewer eyeballs, and you you okay. could argue that in today's economy, I figured you can't out Joe Rogan's.
1: Here's what Joe Rogan's doing. Yeah, he's no longer doing the JRE Clips channel. What he did is he moved clips from JRE Clips, new clips to Powerful JRE. <laughs> That's his other channel. He's very powerful. If you didn't know.
0: <laughs>
1: um, I'm changing my Twitter handle. I am
0: biting my tongue. So (laughs) I am
1: changing my, I think it's actually an affirmation for him. And I think it's cool. Like I'm changing mine to bill. I'm changing my Twitter handle today to billionaire Jacob. Um, just so we can get there. (laughs) You don't need to do that. You want to know one of the worst parts of my life is people dunking on me constantly saying billionaire Jason Calacana says that. And then I open up my like accounts and I'm like, Nope, not yet. <laughs> so I'm hated like a billionaire
0: without, without yet, even the zeros, without even being there, without even the zeros. That's just wrong. That's just wrong, my friend. All right, let's just, keep going through the numbers. Let's keep going. So Kay. anyway, if you look so at his YouTube, obviously, oh, can I
1: just make one note? Oh, of course, he's yeah. doing three clips per episode. So for example, he just had Jordan Peterson on, and he was talking about men and boys being, you know, if you're a boy and a man, you know, you're you got the short end of the stick today. Anyway, that's my joke. That Peterson. I'm, Peterson I'm more sharpening my Jordan Peterson. <laughs> oh, my you God. No, that Joe, means- that's just it, Joe. <laughs> oh,
0: I mean, women don't do hard labor, Molly. It's just an intellectual exploration of everyone else's inferiority. That's all it is. We're just asking <laughs> questions <laughs> about why everybody Joe else Rogan. is so inferior. Women
1: watching Joe Rogan is just like super eye
0: territory, isn't it? Like, you're just like <sighs> Jordan Peterson and. Joe Rogan why do you need such a big truck anyway mm. uh as yes. we let's let's continue with our uh yes, our, back to that deep dive into w- all the places that Google is making all the money so that sounded very impressive right that Google that YouTube 8.6 billion dollars of ad revenue in Q4 it's 35 billion dollars a year yeah so it's a lot of money how much do they give to creators though do they give 55% of all of that or maybe less i don't know Yeah, I think it's, I don't know, we should do, let's do that breakdown. But so for those who have had questions about the search business, you could probably put those away also. Search Uh the core business, $43 billion in revenue in Q4, 35% year over year growth. So as a hyper growth, you know, situation, maybe not quite as impressive and still growth -growth. that anybody would die for. And then that cloud business keeps growing, $5.5 billion in revenue in Q4, 45% Mm. year over year growth. Yeah. Which gets us to this question in our notes. Is Google the greatest business ever? That Are is they the what? best Science
1: guy Friedberg, yeah. uh,
0: who I think is your favorite bestie. I'm not
1: not sure if, you know, taking me out of it. Um, I think he's I mean, your yeah, favorite.
0: I, I, I can't pick a favorite child. I think he's it? your favorite bestie.
1: Hiring software engineers can take a long time. It can take months in some cases, but gun.io is going to change that for you right now. They're a developer hiring platform. That's what they specialize in. And here's what makes them different their candidates are expertly vetted and matched to you by a team of senior engineers, not by an algorithm, not by a recruiter. No. Gun.io developers have eight plus years of experience building products like yours, like mine, and they're used to working directly with founders and executive teams. They know what it's like to work at a startup. So, Gun.io can get you a candidate in as quickly as 48 hours. And the average time to hire is only two weeks. Most people take a little more time, right? 80% of the candidates are US based and they have a network of vetted international candidates as well if you're looking to hire from other markets or different time zones. There are two ways to use gun.io. One is you can work with a freelancer and enjoy gun.io's ongoing support services. They'll handle the billing and swap out talent for free at any time. Or you can hire a remote developer directly from the gun.io network for half of a typical recruiter's fees. I'm not kidding. Gun.io is the easiest way for startups to find and hire world-class developers. So get $250 off your first hire at gun.io slash twist. Give it a shot. Report back. Tell me how it went. Gun.io slash twist. Anyway, um, he says that all the the time. It's the best business. Because here, let's look at this. $250 billion is a lot of money. And at this growth rate, which is 40% year over year, in five years, or no, in 2026, they're going to basically be a trillion dollar revenue company. I don't know many businesses that are anywhere near a trillion dollars. Like Walmart does $570 billion. But remember, they're selling goods and services. It's not software or a marketplace. You know? Yeah. What is their margin? Like, their margin is, like, I'm thinking single digits, whereas Google's is, you know, incredible. Right. So, you know, you're, you're going to, for somebody like Walmart or even Apple, which is tremendous, like, they have great margins, obviously, for a hardware company. That's but what they're still trying selling to... phones and hardware. There's still a hard cost to get make that
0: in China and ship it here. Totally, like that's the only comp I can even think of in terms of yeah. margins, and that's just because they charge so freaking much. Like I can't even. Maybe Salesforce is comparable in terms of margin, but not. Well, revenue. margin
1: sure, but you know, then you're just. What does Google do with all this money? It's like Google is going to have so much money. Yeah. You, you know, they doubled their profits. so. If you're, if you're going to be throwing off that much cash flow and you're not allowed to buy things, are they going to start doing a dividend? because you can't hire more people. You can't mm-hmm. possibly pay people more money than they get paid at Google. right So that's my question is, if we're not going to let them buy stuff, like what could what would they if you were there, right? Uh, and you were on the board, Molly, mm-hmm. and we we're having a discussion. And they said, listen, we need to spend $10 billion on something. Not buying it. We have to actually spend it. It's kind of like Brewster's Millions, if you remember that. Like, how do you spend $10 billion on
0: something? Like, life extension is one of the other bets. Like- uh, I, I have an idea. It's kind of a yeah. passion project of mine. Oh, what's that? Climate? Climate? You know, it could use $10 billion.
2: I mean, Solar. they have
0: X, right? Mm. They have the other bets category. Yeah. And... This is so interesting because one I talked to X mm. uh I guess like almost 3 years ago now maybe 4 when I did this series on like what is silicon valley doing to save the planet. Yeah. <laughs> and what was so interesting about X is that it had started as the moonshot factory, but in recent years has gotten super focused on returns and being profitable. And so they've killed a lot of cool businesses and I can't even remember what I'm allowed to talk about, but there was one well, there that was, was Loon, like oh my god,
1: right, which was like the um that we're going to give uh Balloon were like permanent blimps or airplanes that were going to give internet access. I think low earth orbit stuff. Right. Uh, yeah. So there was were a like, lot of things they were playing with over there.
0: There were way cooler projects that were like, oh, this will save the world, right? This would revolutionize yes. transportation. This would get rid of, I don't know, gasoline. And they killed them because they couldn't figure out a business model. So great, fine. If you need to make money, that's the right call. But if you are now Google, if you're Google now... And all of these industries, right? If you, somebody needs to figure out a uh, direct carbon capture and storage mm. X now, D- like take uh, in, if I could sit on the board, I would say, you know what? Take the reins off X. Mm. Don't ask those businesses to make money. Just go ahead and yes. change the world. I mean,
1: there, I, I always thought fiber was a really good one. And I had actually talked to, I actually talked to Larry page about it years ago. And I was like, I think that this is like, even if you lost money on this, like the way you could, change the world would be to just take your some percentage of your profits, 1%, 2%, and just lose money on fiber forever. Because he was really jazzed up about Google Fiber. And then they deprecated that. So I think they were under pressure because of their stock to deprecate all those projects. I think they you're right. They now need to go back and say, you know what? Let's do these crazy moonshots again yeah. and not look at profitability. Let's look at impact. As an example, Google's, Google's Nevada data center, is going to be powered by i'm reading a headline from 2020 a a billion dollar solar farm and i think that they are building now the largest solar farms in the world that google might be the largest solar you know um the the largest funder
0: of solar in the world now Mm -hmm. they are just going for it so yeah they're legitimately net zero not net zero with offsets like they actually do fund so much solar that they i mean Estimates say it would take to answer some of the skeptical noties um, who don't think that the climate crisis needs more money. Mm -hmm, I mean, first of all, somebody did a study about nuclear fusion 10 years ago or so and determined that it would, you know, they were like, okay, if we put nine billion dollars a year toward fusion, we would have fusion in 10 years. And then backed it out to as we reduce that investment, how long will it take? And they were like, oh, the world currently invests about a billion dollars a year in fusion, which is a fusion never plant. It means we'll always goof around. They're
1: getting there on fusion, though. They, they, it seems like they've made... I'm seeing more investment in fusion and a little more progress.
0: Absolutely. You know why? Because yeah. of that first part, we're seeing more investment. So there was yeah. one estimate that said it'll take $4.5 trillion of investment to decarbonize the energy supply in the United States. What if Google took some of, took, said to X, yeah. figure out microgrids, like figure yeah. out power decentralization, yep. full stop, clean energy infrastructure, you've got $3 billion, go. You will definitely make money, but you reduce the, the current, much more ruthless approach that X has taken over the last few years. Like, I'm just saying, they have the money. So, like, do it.
1: Yeah. And, you know, like, finding places to put these solar farms now is becoming part of the issue, right? So, like, you know, by airports, by nuclear power plants in the desert, around data centers that are in the desert, like, mm-hmm. I think we're starting to figure out, like, with the solar stuff, the panels are so cheap there's nuclear power plants around there's nuclear power plant sites that have been Mm -hmm. kind of like semi-approved, even though they're not building on them, just build around them. This is, I think Elon's idea. He tweeted it at some point, like, well, if nobody wants to live near a nuclear power plant, put the solar there because you already got the grid going there. Right. Like all the grid cables are going there. So I think Google should, if they want to really be less hated because they have all this heat coming from regulators, just solve climate change. That, this is right. my message to our message to Google. I solve think solve climate
0: change. Just Dear
1: Google, keep, you're printing solve,
0: money. Solve climate, solve change. climate change. What mm-hmm. a legacy for Google
1: to literally right. just start building solar farms. What if Google said to people, "We'll put"? What if Google did what Solar City was doing originally? and They said, "Hey, we'll put fiber to your house, mm-hmm. and we'll put the solar on it, and we'll partner with and know, Tesla to put Power Walls right. and Tesla Solar on there, and like we'll fund it. We'll we'll do the um, the bonds right." That could right. be actually something really cool. If they just took all this cash and said, all of our cash is going to go towards solar bonds. You know, we'll put the money up to buy the solar panels. Yep. Just go totally. for it, Google.
0: Like, and wait. if anybody like solar is in so many ways, the one of the magical bullets for the energy transition, but we yep. need more efficient panels, right? Or yep. Google go crazy on battery tech, get totally. us the better battery. Like it, it can be solved. I mean, it really a like lot in so is in so many will. ways. A
1: lot of it's will. It's and then will. will is related to capital. So mm-hmm. the people with the capital have to have the will. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. If you are, have a money printing machine like Apple and Google and Amazon now is starting to have a money printing machine and you're hated, I look at this mm-hmm. as like the ultimate PR hack. Like if all these young people realize you're doing more to save the planet than the government and the government is moving slow and fighting with each other and yada yada and you know toxic yeah but capitalists are actually just doing it totally that to me is when capitalism becomes beautiful right and i'm obviously a capitalist i'm pro capitalism chosen career um capital allocator this is where i think capitalists can reflect deeply mm-hmm. about wealth disparity and say okay <laughs> we won google won Yep. Well, level that's okay you could either say obscene or you could say unprecedented however you want to frame it but the reframing could be you know what we realize this is an insane amount of wealth and with that great wealth comes great responsibility and that responsibility we have chosen is to go build solar farms and invest in solar panels and the grid
0: etc on top of that to be mm-hmm. honest It doesn't even have to be a do-gooder move, right? Like the total addressable market for climate solutions is the whole freaking planet for one thing. But also the risk, like the only existential risk these companies probably face at this point, and literally Facebook is seeing it, the water come closer to the door every day, is climate change. Emily Kirsch told us on the episode on Sunday that like there are predictions that we will lose 15% of global GDP Mm. by 2050. That's not grandparent territory.
1: And what if there's less people? You know? Right. Like, what if people decide to have less kids? And, you know, that would be a shame. And, you know, like, we have, then you have less customers. This idea that, like, rich people want to see populations decline is, like, that's not in a company's best interest. Like, growth comes from more consumers. So, yeah. uh, And they did the 20 to 1 stock split. Like, I I never understood why stock splits make the stocks go up because nothing has changed except the psychology.
0: It's or like a broker, people could buy more though. Yeah, but you can buy fractional shares now. So, yeah, that's true. So,
1: if I gave, if, if you had a $20 bill in your hand, only and on Robinhood, can't buy fractional shares everywhere. Okay. Well, I don't You can buy, you can buy fractional shares on Robinhood. And I think some of the other services do it. But if I gave common.
0: you, but yeah. is it not that common? I, I, I don't, don't think that was so. Although anyway. my kid has a little account and he buys fractional shares. He's very proud exactly. of his portfolio. The next generation can do it. I know.
1: But I mean, if you have a $20 bill in your hand and I replace it with 20 singles, and you're like, wow, it weighs more, and there's more of them, and I can fan them out. It's still the same amount, so I don't get it.
0: I think um, affordability, I mean, just as a matter of psychology, affordability matters. Like, oh, if this is cheaper now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to snap up some more of it.
1: Yeah. Okay, sure. Um, but it became know. 10% more expensive on that news. Yeah. But I guess there's CNBC was speculating that Google stock split might be them angling to get added to the Dow Jones industrial index. Wow.
0: I don't even know what the qualification is to be on the Dow Jones, but okay. And why would, uh, I wonder why they would want to be in the Dow versus the NASDAQ. They just yes. don't want to be considered a tech company anymore because reputation, I don't really know. I, I um, think it's a status thing, or maybe it means you're more blue chip. So people could feel more comfortable
1: holding you. Maybe you know, yeah. holding the shares if you were like some big endowment or something, but. IBM is, I guess, a candidate to be removed from the DAO in favor of Google Alphabet.
0: I mean, I mean ouch, but kind of though, yeah. So if Google were to be added and IBM removed, according to our notes here, that would technically shift the sector weightings of the DAO. That could mean mm-hmm. a longer evaluation process for the Dow committee, partly because the big obstacle for Google is that the DAO considers it a communications services company.
1: What does that even mean? I mean, I they're not no making cell phones or they're not Verizon. I mean... I mean, is it that, like, I just picture, like, the people who are on this board or like, you know, the people in Brewster's Millions. Who it are reminds these. me of the Oscars committee. It is, like, the Oscars committee or, like, the, no, the Golden Globes. What is that, the um foreign press? Yeah, the, the Hollywood Foreign Press. <laughs> the <laughs> Hollywood <like> Foreign <laughs> Press is just extraordinary. They're, like, we have no diversity. And they're, like, okay, well, we're not going to air the Golden Globes unless you change this in the next year or two. And then, like, they're, like, yeah, we still don't have any black people in the hollywood foreign press and you're like what how is that possible is that true i i saw that headline you gotta be trying because you're trying it's like you're either trying to not do it or you're not trying at all it doesn't make any sense to me anyway um
0: if we keep on this route i'm going to talk about the nfl i do think it's interesting that tech only makes up 22.2 percent of the dow right now whereas communications services makes up Uh. only 3.7 percent of the dow which is the third smallest the last tech company to join the dow index was apple back in oh, okay. 2015 all right who cares i mean I, this this whole like designation
1: means nothing Those to me. is yeah. like I, I just look at ibm growing four percent and google
0: growing 41 percent and i guess it matters billion versus 257 billion it's like okay i suppose it matters to investors who buy indexes so if you yeah. buy the dow jones industrial Average then presumably you would want a company like Google in there.
1: Yeah. I mean, Google is five times IBM's revenue.
0: Yeah. With 10 X its growth rate.
1: I was about to say that. I was letting Molly, I was going to let Molly say that. (laughs) Uh, See, I'm in the, I'm in the same line of the document as you, (laughs) Nick.
0: I just, you get, you really, you guys are, you have a mind meld and I was thinking about poor IBM.
1: Say yeah, this. I mean, the fact that IBM is still around and doing fifty-seven billion is extraordinary. I mean, when was IBM founded? In the fifties? I, I, I don't. I should know that off the
0: top of my head. Oh, IBM yeah, before that, right? Because IBM it? was pretty instrumental in, I think, some wartime tech. If I am remembering correctly, nineteen eleven. Yeah,
1: it really is that old.
0: IBM, oh, I Lord. think, is betting the farm right now on quantum, and they're just hoping that they get there soon enough mm. to stay alive. Yeah. Wow. Nineteen eleven. Yeah. Who knew? All right, what do we think? Do we have story, time for a story time with Jason? I mean, we did tease this yesterday. Yeah, we got to do it real quick. We got to do it. Let's whip are it. All right, through. so if you missed yesterday's show, here's the quick setup, which was that way back, it was the night before iPad announcement, January 26, 2010, which it was, God help me, 12 years ago now. <gasps> and Jason trolled everyone on Twitter by tweeting out fake specs about the iPad, and it resurfaced yesterday. After two days ago, after Octane AI CEO Matt Schlitt, uh, or Schlicht tweeted about his involvement in the troll, J. Cal, remind us, first of all, remind us like for those who were not there, mm. because now, sure, Apple announcements are a big deal and everybody tweets about them for one day, but they've, they're, you know, it's sort of like a little Groundhog's Day. Oh, no pun intended, because I think today's Groundhog's Day, ah. but it's like it's the same thing over and over. But back then an apple announcement was like it was a big deal down well
1: this was steve jobs and you got to remember there was steve jobs previous announcement was here's the iphone (laughs) so the amount of energy the world was watching this this was a big deal this is when tech in 2010 had kind of crossed over into pop culture yeah and And iPad did not exist the ipad did not exist yeah and there was massive speculation and developers were developing for it so it was like the worst kept secret in silicon valley and some people had been playing with it for i think walt mossberg had said he had had it for a month or something yeah Um, and then developers had been able to go to apple from my understanding go to a room and put their software onto an ipad test it and then leave the room but they had to write their software on their you know Macs, and then you know look at it on their desktop and then they wanted to actually test it on the hardware. They had to go there and have somebody over their shoulder, et cetera. So, and, and the Steve Jobs was, was you know, uh, quite the showman. So I was in bed and Twitter wasn't that old. This podcast, I think, was a year old because we had started in May of 2009. Yeah. And so I, I was kind of unknown. Um, although I think I did have 90,000 followers or 100,000 followers on known. Twitter. I mean, I Whatever. feel like
0: another important piece of context here is the way that, like you just described, Apple did play favorites. And that did start yes. to irk a little bit. So I could imagine 2010 JCal yeah. being in bed like, "Oh, I didn't get to go to the secret room and play with this for a month." So well, how about this? For there for was here. a
1: little bit about that because obviously I co-founded a gadget with Ryan Alvey and Peter Rojas and Ryan Block, mm-hmm. yada yada. And you know, during that time period, uh, we were yeah, we weren't insiders, but Steve Jobs was aware of us, and you know, they, we were in the room for these kind of keynotes. But I had sold it at that point, and so I was sitting in bed. I was using Twitter. I had, my daughter was probably two or three months old at the time, yeah, and uh, two months old at the time, and I just decided, like, to pretend I had one, (laughs) (laughs) and I thought it would be funny. Now, you got to remember, Twitter was a chat room back then. It wasn't Twitter today. There were no blue check marks. It was just a bunch of people goofing off, Um, and at one point, I was the number three user on Twitter. It was Scoble, the Senator Obama. Was he a senator before he became president? When he was in the... The, he was like Senator Obama, and then me, like literally 30,000, 20,000, 15,000 followers kind of situation. Um, very nascent. And so I s- started describing the tablet. Uh, and I'm like, oh, it's got a built in HD tuner and uh, a DVR. And it's amazing for newspapers and video conferencing, is super stable, but nothing new. And it's got two cameras, one on the front and the back. The idea that it would have two cameras was crazy. It didn't get launched with cameras. And I was like, oh, it's got thumb pads on each side for mouse gestures and fingerprint security. This is long before they had Touch ID. Mm-hmm. But I had heard about a company in um, Israel that was doing it. Um, so I just sort of added that. And I was like, yeah, and it's like basically like a Nintendo Wii level innovation and Farmville's insane. Because my friend was doing Farmville at the time, uh, Mark Pincus. And I was like, you know, you can connect the tablets and it makes like a Wi-Fi network for gaming. And, you know, I just was just crazy. But then I was like, oh, yeah. And by the designing a way, perfect product, really. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah. And by the way, the back is a solar panel and, re- and recharging, but it doesn't really work that quickly. And I just literally described something that was absolutely physically not possible. And then I decide I'm going to go to bed. And people are telling me like you're you're full of it. No way. And of course, you know, some people are like maybe, but overwhelmingly, the people on Twitter were like, "This is not true." And
0: I say before I go to bed, uh-huh. I say to my wife, "This like, is um, my favorite part: is that that's all happening." And Jake was um, like.
1: So I said to my wife, like, yeah, I'll go to bed. <laughs> and she's like, I don't think it's a good idea. Like, Mark Pickett's going to be upset. Like, you, you probably shouldn't do that to Mark because we're, you know, we're good friends. Um, and uh, I said, I'm not joking. And the specs are real. We'll find out in a few hours. Because everybody was up late. I speculate. So I sleep in. I get up the next morning. My phone is melting with text messages and phone calls. I mean, I'm talking 100 phone calls. Hi, it's CNN. Hi, it's Wall Street Journal. Hi, it's the New York Times. Hey, Jake, how's this person. And while I'm looking at my phone, it rings, it's Pinkus. And it's like, he's called me 10 times. (laughs) And (laughs) Wall Street, everybody, what had happened was everybody. Picked it up. Of course. All the the journalists picked it up. And then they all took their stories down because they were felt so stupid. And then I got lauded for like showing how little ethics the tech press had that they just ran with the story. And to be totally honest. People needed a story and they wanted the page views at that time. People were page view crazy. So they were like, they wrote, I think a lot of people in tech wrote the story because they wanted the page views. And it was a clickbaity story, even though they knew I didn't have
2: it.
0: Maybe. I mean, you did run a site that was the number one gadget site was the number one gadget site and got a lot of early scoops and, you know, was known to run with those scoops and sort of, Like fix it later like you did really sort of pioneer that model and so I'm sure that at least I'm sure those people publish thinking there's a 50% chance that this is true if it's true we can't miss it and also yes I mean I think this is around the time somebody asked me once like what my ideal CNET headline would be because for a very brief time I was like the front door programmer and I was like oh yeah free naked iPod yeah like being a free iPod, anything Apple, like yes, plus anything Megan. Apple. Anyway, so yes, obviously everybody went ape doodle over yes. this. And it was Jason crazy. Goes to bed, and then the best part is this update that's still up on the Wall Street Journal. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. Social games publisher Zynga tells Silicon Alley Insider that contrary to Mr. Calahanis's tweet, Mr. Calicanis Zynga my dad. CEO Mark Pincus won't be appearing at the Apple launch. Nothing think about whether the iPad that he has Because yeah, I had said
1: Pincus is going to kick off the thing with jobs and do this. Oh, and Pincus is like, dude, I'm trying to negotiate that exact thing. So then I was yeah. like, all right, well, I got to get some, you know, I got to get some more out of this. So I basically then gave away like 10 iPads for free. And I actually did. We did give those iPads away for free. We did a contest because I happened to own the Twitter handle contests. And I was trying Amazing. to get followers for it. Yeah, it was pretty good. I, you know, I had taken down my entire Twitter archive at one point because it was just so crazy and like, I was just like, let me just archive this thing so I don't get canceled because I don't know what debates I've had on here. So my tweets aren't up there anymore, but I do have the archive, so I could pull them up. But there was no retweet function back then. Right. So some of the tweets still exist because people have RT and then what I had.
0: But yeah, it's oh, a bunch man. of people. Remember when we used to type RT? Aww. Yeah. cut and my, paste it. Yeah. My favorite part though is just like the time machine of, of uh outrage. Looking at this last tweet from Jared Earl saying, I have a different read on Jason. Jason may oh. be laughing, but he's spent what little credibility he had. Fair. It's so fair. sad that that ended your entire career and influence, Jason. I, don't, I,
1: I, I say to Jared, fair. That one uh, But I mean, stunt. Jemima Kiss, who I've known for a long time, I got to uh, have breakfast for one time when I was, or maybe she interviewed me or something when I was in the UK. She's just a great journalist. She got uh, it. The Guardian. And she was like, you forgot the snack dispenser and the teleporter. Like
0: she got it immediately. She understood the like, assignment. she understood. She understood the assignment. Because really, it also was easily read and still is as a send up of the absolutely absurd speculation and hype around every single yes. Apple announcement. I mean, you cannot believe how many. That was what I was doing. How much ink was spilled over like, what is it going to be? And What is it going to happen? oh, my God, we got to like, we got to get all the clicks from talking about what that I mean, it was beautiful satire. Yes.
1: It was for me, all satire. And this has been story time with Jason. There it is, Storytime. time. If we we can go into other crazy moments in my career, but that was a because th- there are people literally who now have venture capital funds who were in set <laughs> were in seventh grade when that happened, um, and they now have venture capital funds, and I'm inv- co investing alongside them. Amazing! Amazing. guys, Rachel Reporting here. On February 14th and 15th, we'll be hosting Founder University Intensive. This is a two-day program for founders. Now, this course is only open to women founders. We'll be hosting a course open to everyone on May 9th and 10th. You can apply for both at founder.university. And applications for the longer 12-week Founder University
2: program are due on February 14th, and you can also apply for those at founder.university. Follow Jason and Molly on Twitter, at Jason and at Molly Wood.
1: If you're not a boomer and prefer TikTok, search for This Week in Startups to find the fan account at this underscore week underscore in underscore startups.
0: And our official account at TWI Startups. But honestly, the fan account is way better than ours.
2: And if you're still not tired of hearing from Jason six days a week, you can hear him read his book, Angel, at angelthebook.com slash audible.